everyone, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined by two people with some of the best dang vibes you could ever find, Sean Dunham and Jeremy Legui. Hi. How's it going, pals? I mean, hey. It's, yeah, the vibes are... Vibe, vibes are here? The vibe vibes check. are in. The vibes are in. The vibe in. Oh, sure. <laughs> we're hip. We're, we're cool. We're, we're <laughs> we know the slang. It's all great. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? I mean... Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gestures to <laughs> gestures broadly. Uh, do, do you know how like do you guys remember when you were in grade three? No, and, <laughs> I'll yeah, stop you right there. So, no, and, no, and, and you got your grades back and you got a seventy-eight. But the last mm. time you had grades, you got an eighty. But the whole class average dropped by two percent. So it was like nothing really changed. Mm. So I could say like today I'm at a four out of ten. But the world has also dropped by three points. So oh. like I'm the same. Okay. That is such a specific <laughs> reference, but I get it. I enjoyed that journey. That we if you think I was thinking about grades for a millisecond in grade three, we have, another thing were we, were we getting percentage grades in grade three? I definitely was, for sure. Don Moostra, you have things to answer for. <laughs> Honestly, add it to the <laughs> list. So what, like, what what did you guys get? What are we talking about? Letters? Like a duck and like a Letters? Book? Like A, B, C, D? I don't even think it was. I think it was like S... Oh, like satisfactory like meeting. Like yeah. Mm. I think I got a lot of E's. Mm. I got like an eraser in the shape of an apple. And that was... Like, as feedback? Yes, as feedback. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sean went to Montessori. <laughs> I got a duck with a crown on it. It made you sleep on the floor? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, listeners, if you're, What's sensing, show about? <laughs> if you're sensing that we've lost the plot... Oh, oh. Sonia. In fact... Now that... Shot the, now that is good. He lit up. <laughs> he, he actually he did. did. It actually, I felt it in my heart. I have the approval. Thank that you, Sean. That is good. That's uh, a segue, people. <laughs> that's a segue that we then immediately Let's derailed. roll. Yeah, sorry. If you, no, I was me. If you feel that we've lost the plot... A, we have, but B, that's because there wasn't one to start with. Mm-hmm. Because today our theme is no plot, just vibes. Just vibes. Colon, movies where nothing happens. Movies where nothing it's, happens. It's a show about nothing. There's a question mark at the end, though, because mm-hmm. it will, it will interrogate that. Oh, please, yes. As we're wont to do. Yep. Um, so, one question that I had, slash, that Sean had, because he wrote this question. Yeah, that's a, you could have just taken all the credit. No one could have. Could have, should have, maybe, but yeah. would have. just would've. looked longingly at you, and I would have enjoyed that. <laughs> okay. Instead, you went wholesome. Okay. perv. <laughs> <laughs> Emotion voyeur. Yeah. Um, what do we consider as a thing happening in a film? This is a this is this is a great question. Great question. Oh Thank my you, god, Sean. such a good question. <laughs> but it's true. I feel like a lot of films are really you are amping up to like someone dying, someone getting a car mm-hmm. accident, things like this. And sometimes the things happening are just people doing coming of age things mm-hmm. and their life happening. This is what happened when I watched Brooklyn mm. starring oh, yeah. Saoirse Ronan. I was like, oh, God, mom's going to die. We're going to get uh, a sexual assault. We're, like, mm-hmm. something is amping up here. And it was literally just, we're amping up to her making a decision whether she should stay in Brooklyn with her new life or go back to Ireland with her old life. True. And it was, it is a huge happening. It's a big thing to th- think about. Mm-hmm. But it was not, I was just a little bit on edge the whole movie because I was expecting the Hollywoodification. Yeah. And... 
It wasn't in this case. It was the Irelandification. Ooh. <laughs> but I do feel the Brooklandification? Brooklynification. Yeah, yes, there we go. Uh, I do feel like in a post-Marvel universe where we live right now, where the previous scene completely justifies the existence of the next scene in a very sort of predefined and formulaic way, we are kind of like in a situation where I am maybe leaning more towards vibes and more towards that sort of thing. Yeah. I When we conceived of this episode, I did have sort of two versions of this happening. Mm. And one is, I don't, it might not be well respected in this room today, and that's oh. okay. But one is where stuff happens, but the status quo doesn't change. Mm. And I did watch a few of those where there actually was like a lot of stuff happening where plot moved forward, someone died, this thing happened, but then it was all for naught. But the character didn't. Well, well, just like, no you know, like them. the, so the example, I did watch Chinatown this week and that's sort of the ultimate, like, you, there's nothing you can do. It's just gonna, sorry. The, the line is literally, it's Chinatown and that's just how we end. Like, there's no more to it. And, uh, it is kind of this thing. And I, I remember the first time watching, I was like, how are they going to wrap all this up? Like, how is this possibly going to, oh, they're not, mm. it's not, it's just no, there's no resolution here. Life just goes on and this man's just going to walk away. Like that's, that's wow. it. That's all that's happening. And so I feel like that's a maybe a vibe, maybe not a vibe. You know, but, that's interesting because now I'm also like, take for instance Raiders of the Lost Ark, where a lot of things happen, but if our main protagonist wasn't involved at all, it the exact happen. same thing would have just happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm thinking about this. In a, Ma- yeah, a maybe. And way. well, with Raiders, the status quo does change in that the bad guys are gone. As you said, like that was destined to happen regardless of whether he was there or inter- not. Yeah, interference or not. But uh, it is kind of a, I don't, there are a lot of things out there where we kind of just don't achieve anything. And now I feel that's so rare that yeah. it's actually like kind of awesome. You know, you know? Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay. I think, was it Pearl? Is that what the name of the movie was? Yeah. Pearl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where like, Probably something happened. Like, they should, there's probably well, some things fallout. things happened. Right, but there was some fallout of her actions, likely. But, like, we didn't get to we didn't get to see that in that. Well, we follow up later, of course. And but, from watching X, we know that sh- not much did happen. Right. Because she didn't go to jail or affect her relationship mm-hmm. with her husband, Howard, mm-hmm. at all. Howard. Mm-hmm. Howard. <laughs> but in the pure question of the, the whole thing mm-hmm. is that I think that to answer what you are trying to get at, Sanj... Is that if a thing happens, but then it doesn't become the driving force for the next thing we see, then it didn't happen. (laughs) Then it's not a thing that happened. Whoa. You're right. You know what I mean? If a... If a car accident in a forest, <laughs> if a car crashes in another scene, and we don't see the smoke our main car character. crash in the next scene, then it didn't happen. Wow, maybe. So if Chekhov's gun never goes off, mm-hmm. was there ever really Chekhov a gun? Skater? Why is it even there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I think like I think that's a good point, Sean, about the like Hollywoodification. And how we've kind of been trained. I mean, this is also kind of your point, Jim. Well, no, but it's it's true. Like, we are just waiting for the thing. Yeah, like, we're, we've like been trained a, to see a, a certain thing. If it's a bit of a slow-moving film, it's like, mm-hmm. well, something's about to mm-hmm. drop. A yeah. Shoe. Yeah. Well, and we even expect a certain, like, logic. Mm-hmm. And, like, not necessarily linearity, but, like, cause and effect, mm-hmm. I guess. 
at, uh, in terms of like what the film's focused on. Well, and I think like that's the I think a really good example here is Promising Young Woman, which does have super strong vibe. Like the whole time, you know, like we're just like exploring that world, but eventually we do get to the plot point. Yeah. Right. Like we do inevitably hit a bunch of scenes where stuff starts changing and decisions are made and then action happens. And then like that's the big moment. And like the whole time I was just miserable because I was dreading the thing that was going to happen. I didn't know what it was, but like anyway. Yeah, that's a really interesting example because it kind of is like the best of both worlds. I think so. Where the initial vibes and the lack of kind of like things that you might expect to happen happening mm-hmm. just builds that dread so effectively yeah. that then when the plot really kicks in and kind of the third act there, it's mm-hmm. like, holy moly. And I do think like in terms of vibe and some of the things we're going to talk about, it is kind of just like it, like world building almost. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're, yeah, uh, we're just there to kind of like p- chip away at things. You're and just learn. supposed to let this world wash over you mm-hmm. because they spent a lot of time building it. And some people, some of these films, it's like they did it so effectively that just simply existing in that space uh, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of further to that, why do we often not think of like quiet conversations as not really plot interactions between characters, things like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, you're right. These are these are some of the ones that if someone's like nothing even happened, yeah. Mm-hmm. But usually crackling dialogue happens, and that's not mm-hmm. nothing. Well, it is like uh, I don't, well, I do like to pick movies apart. What? And I Jeremy, have, I have this is a quite, revelation. Quite good at like figuring out how stuff's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think probably all three of us <laughs> are are there. Yeah. Uh, and it is always kind of a treat when you're wrong. Right, like that's mm-hmm. that's part of the whole the whole thing, um, but I I don't know. I feel like again, it's like back to that Hollywood thing. Like you know, people want the the story with the hero and the, all these particular elements, and maybe they're not here. Right, like they're uh, they're not necessary. They're not necessarily a lead. There's not necessarily a thing to like hold you to it. There's not necessarily things happening that are like super super compelling. But it is just kind of like. I don't know. I, lo- I was looking at some slice of life stuff as well because mm. I feel like that also is kind yeah. of a good example. And I was thinking Little Miss Sunshine for a bit, but I don't think th- that Little Miss Sunshine feels like pockets of vibe. But every time it- there's another scene, we kind of like move ahead quite a bit yeah. from some other thing. And we're in a road trip. Movie. Yeah, we're there's a- literal moving easily. ahead. Yeah, hundred percent. We're in a, we're in a <laughs> or sometimes behind. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, park on a hill. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I don't. I don't know why we're conditioned to to not expect it. Yeah, you know, like it's at times it could be boring. I watched uh, the Darjeeling Limited mm. with some friends once, and I was super into it. And they were annoying me because they hated it so much, and they're just like talking over it, yeah. and, like doing other stuff, wow. missing the vibe. Yeah, missing the vibe, and the uh, vibe is right there, and you're not getting it. A hundred percent. It's hitting you in the face, honey. <laughs> it's so vibey. It's so especially oh an, my an, God. a Wes Anderson film. Oh yeah, like, come on, mm-hmm. he's got you. Well, yeah, he's in he's in this category, right? But he also like has stuff. There's always he actually happening. has outrageous things happening. Yeah, like it's a it. That's a whole different ball of wax. That's the uh, whatever this show is, is. That's the opposite of this show. 
I feel like he's betwixt and between. He's betwixt and between. He, he is, but like it's like it's just the extreme of yeah. You know, does that make sense? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I think so. But I'm I drawing in the air well. with my hands. Yeah, Jeremy is <laughs> drawing like, an uh-huh. air diagram, and we're getting <laughs> okay. It. So the graph. Looks like yeah, yeah, we've yeah. talked about this. We've talked about verbal graphs before. Um, well, I think we've kind of answered this, but just if anyone wants to add anything, is nothing really happens a criticism or can it also be a compliment? Yeah, like I think it is, yeah, one of the criticisms that people will say. It's just mm-hmm. like it didn't, nothing, nothing happened to it, but it will be about a film that is like, I think a lot happened in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the character like grew exponentially. Mm-hmm. But not by a car exploding behind them. Yeah. Yeah. Or like solving a mystery. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, the other thing that I thought of this week that we have talked about is White Lotus, mm. which also fits this in a big way. Yeah. Because we get, we get a hint of something, and we want to know what happened, and then we just have to like watch what unfolds. Mm. And there is drama. There is things that occur. But holy, I mean... You know, what did Jennifer Coolidge do other than bring it to 110%? Wow. Right? Like, but uh, I do think if done well, it can be incredibly compelling. Yeah. Uh, and if done poorly, it's it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's real bad. It, it can be bad. It's real bad. Well, Jerry, you kind of anticipated my next question, actually. Okay, here we go. Because in preparing for this episode, it occurred to me that I couldn't really think of a lot of TV fitting this theme, mm. this category. And I was like, mm, is that partly, like, the medium? You know, that, like, if you're a sitcom, by definition, you're relying on yeah. plot. Mm-hmm. You're relying on things happening. Often in this way that's kind of detached from, like, time and reality, right? Mm-hmm. But... Well, and I think, like, I think I do think you bring up a good point, and I think a part of it is that it is risky, because it is this, like, time for learning situation, right? Like, oh, we're going to take 10 minutes to watch these people eat supper. And, like, you're maybe not going to hear 100% of what they all have to say. But I do think of, like, if you think of, like, Twin Peaks before and after, like, later Twin Peaks is definitely way more vibey, dreamy. And, like, have you guys seen the new stuff? Where yeah. it's just Cooper, like, it's walking just through. Cookie-looky. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's crazy. It's, yeah. like, right? Like, it's very weird. And... If you think of what was her name, the the murder that he was there to solve what was the Laura, Laura Palmer. Palmer. Yeah, um, like you know that is incredibly like you know not necessarily like what's uh, I want to say what's Law and Ordery mm. right? Like it's not that kind of crime show. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's also like <laughs> what do you do? You know, for a while, like they're not finding anyone. They have not moved at all on this case. But we've heard about the cherry pie twice an episode. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, like, a different thing. And I feel like it's risky. Like, you can't just Twin Peaks it Mm. all the time. But one of the most uh, popular TV shows of all time is always hit with this, Seinfeld. Is that it's a show about nothing. That's true. That Mm -hmm. nothing happens. But I do think... But they have every... Every episode does have specific huge plots. Yes. But the but the characters remain unchanged throughout the entire series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They remain kind of crappy people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which I guess that is actually true of quite a number of shows. Yes. Yeah. 
And they do vibe. Like, they do. Seinfeld oh. does vibe. Like, there's a definite. Oh, I want to be at a diner. Yes. With a big old wig on. <laughs> That's important. How many coats can you wear? I want to be a 23-year-old <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus and look 45 Don't, for some reason. Oh, my God. Don't we all? Yeah. For real. <laughs> I'd buy so much beer for kids. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't now. Not, well, that's just not the dream. Kids, follow okay. Jeremy. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he'll he'll hit you with a, with a grower, a bottle of growers. You <laughs> scared me there really bad for a second, Sean. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm sorry. Um, what, what are some of the best examples of No Plot, Just Vibes? Um, I was thinking a lot of the Breakfast Club this I week. Okay, I was also thinking that too. I, yeah, I actually took it off my list because I was like, too much. I think too much happens here. No, but I'm very I, happy you brought it up. Yeah, no. Yeah, Breakfast Club, six characters, uh, and they just they're in detention. Me explaining the plot of Breakfast Club to people, but you never I mean, know. Maybe the children might not know. They might not know, and they go to detention, and they're all. From different backgrounds, different worlds, and then throughout the course of the movie, they begin to understand each other as humans and uh, children, and then they bond, and then they leave a much better person than they were when they arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just reading a little bit about... So, like, the cast, there was, like, two of them were 16 or 17, and then the other three were 23, 24, Whoa. which I think is very funny. But Who was 16? Brian Michael Hall? Brian Anthony, Anthony Hall? Yes. Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony, Anthony Michael Bri- <laughs> Why did I think Brian, oh, Brian in the movie? Michael C. Hall. There we His go. name's we got Brian that. in the movie, right? Um, he, yeah, he is young, and also so is Molly Ringwald, and then the other three. Oh, okay. That are, makes sense. And also um, Judd Nelson, was he was going full method- in an annoying way. Of course. And it was, you know, bullying Molly and just being a real... Uh, they had a real volatile relationship, him and John Hughes, on the filming of this. Oh. He also went to a laundromat in character and creeped people out and they called 911 on him. Oh. <laughs> nice. Mission success. So, you know... Knocked over some paint Things like that. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> another... What else? Are, oh, and then they originally... This is very interesting. So they basically tried... We're going to do like a Richard Linklater, like every 10 years they would do another oh. film and looking at these people as they grew older. But again, the bad relationship between Judd Nelson and John Hughes made that not really work. They broke it. Yeah. When I guess <laughs> 10 years after was getting close to John Hughes being a recluse, right? Well, maybe you're right. I think in the and then he got, in a, he got in a fight with Molly Ringwald too and I think things just fell apart. It's, t- it's tough out there for an auteur, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and like just the the Breakfast Club in general, like a lot of it was improv. Like mm-hmm. all of the scene, all, all of the parts where they are telling what they did to get in detention. That's all just these kids improving. Whoa! And so it's like a, I don't know. You can feel the sort of the realness of just like aimless teens, because that's basically what they were. Mm-hmm. I still, I think I've told the story, but the first time I watched a Breakfast Club, I was twelve. And I laughed the entire time. What? I thought the whole thing was so funny. What do you? And then, 
I watched even the, it. Like taped my buns I, it together. Was so, it was so. Okay, weird. well, taped I, my buns together. I don't even, <laughs> okay, that was a bad example, but I mean the broader. I don't even know. And then I watched it again when I was seventeen, and I like was so miserable. Like, yeah. I was like so excited to watch a Breakfast Club. I was like, oh, this movie's so funny. <laughs> you guys are. <laughs> I'm howling oh, the is, entire time so good, as we watched the Breakfast Club. But I do think like it's another example of just like we're in a time and space. And yeah. they need to make it feel like it's detention. And that worked, right? Like, yeah. it feels oh, yeah. like you're, like, in this thing that's never going to end. And it's not even that long. It's not, it can't be over two hours. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, today, if that movie was made today, it'd be four hours long. I guarantee. <laughs> well, they would probably, like, zoom into each kid and, like, show their entire oh, weekend heading up to it. Yeah. And-, and Chris Evans would play all of their dads. But mm. in various st- various states. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting one. <laughs> but uh, I do think, I don't know. I feel like The Breakfast Club is like almost a moment that can't happen again mm. because of like phones, you know. And when, Yeah, they would just be on their phone. Yeah, you know, like or just like type, like writing some paper on their laptop or whatever. But also like, I don't know. I'm worried now they're going to remake The Breakfast Club. Are I they 100% are and well, it's going to be... Power. It's going to be like a Sheen like commercial. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm imagining. And Judd Nelson will play the principal. Oh my God, <gasps> they would. They, they would. absolutely would. But would. I don't think it would be Judd Nelson. I think it would be <laughs> Brian <laughs> Anthony Hall. <laughs> Michael Anthony Brian. C- my, Michael C- Brian C. Or it would be one of the. Or it would be Molly Ringwald, and it would be a like girl boss. Oh, girl boss. Oh, you guys who. It's Judd Nelson. And it's Judd Nelson. Sure. Yeah, Molly would be Lily. someone's mom. Yeah, she'd drop off or something or like As get she in a was fight in with Riverdale. the principal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. She's a mom in Riverdale. Oh, no. So it's Judd Nelson's kid who's like... Oh, it's a, all of their kids. He doesn't know. And then Molly Ringwald, that's... Yeah, no, that doesn't work, does it's, it? I hate this. It's all of their kids. <laughs> let's, let's not do this. Let's not. <laughs> and, then you, club and then you find out that Emily Elio has to oh, no. and Ali Sheely, Sheedy actually married. Oh, and my then God. Their, call, their kids are in the thing. They yeah. call it the lunch club. Oh. Stop. The, Stop. The, the brunch club. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Guys, we have powers. We have to be more careful than Sonia, that. though, I think that this one we will make. This one is brewing somehow. I know. I we, feel it. Yeah, I feel it as well. <laughs> it feels the like power fear. grows stronger. You guys, I'm scared. <laughs> oh um, but yeah, this is... Uh, this I, for me, it's very like um, aimless. Nothing's happening, but but in a lot of ways, so many things are happening. Mm-hmm. The only part that I'm like, why this now? Everything is pretty real, like flying the wall. Looking at this happen, and then the extremely edited uh, dance sequence. I love it. I know. I know it's like great, but it is very like oh okay. It We're, breaks the yeah. It, it breaks. It really the breaks the the uh, the mood. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or maybe builds the mood in a different way. I'm not sure. It's a now we're friends. Like vibe shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's well, a vibe shift. Well, I'm for I'm for it. Yeah, especially okay. because it's it is when they partake. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of the the shift. Uh, it would maybe be okay if it cut to like them actually just like hanging hanging out and like dancing slow. <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's not what's happening. Famously, at all. cannabis really <laughs> gets they're, it going. They're, they're all just. Yeah. Well, and then this film is also houses the most egregious make under. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> where they take a really, really vibey alt Ali Sheedy and put her in a really weird outfit. Yeah, it's, it's so 80s. <laughs> yeah. 
The gold, gold 80s was to become homogenized. Yeah, oof. Uh, I got to talk about two. I, gotta, I can't do it without talking. I was trying to figure out how I was going to do it, and I can't talk about, I can't talk about, talk about two. Okay. Uh, so number one, uh, we're going back for both, I'm sorry, uh, is uh, 1967's Playtime by Jacques Tati. Uh, Jacques Tati? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it is probably like one of the best visually looking movies ever. Wow. He made like this massive set and it has like an airport and a hotel and like all these things and there's just like a city's worth of people acting and going about their business and um, there is a plot and there are sort of stories that happen but like you'll be like on a wide shot of like this lobby and if you're not like looking exactly where that story's happening you're just kind of like drinking the the rest of the whole situation in and it is incredibly vibey uh it's one of those ones where it's like sold as a comedy and I have no idea if that's true. I, feel I, like he, I remember he you thought it was funny. About I have to, I have told you about it. And that. that if you like keep your gaze on a different person you'll just get an entire different Yeah, like it's just a fully different it's, it's just narrative. like it's it's just a you pick situation. What's it called again, sorry? Uh playtime. Playtime, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh he and also that's Jacques Tati. Jacques Tati. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The other one that I would like to bring up is from eighty five and it's called Tampopo. Have I talked to you guys about this? I think Wait, so. Wait, yeah. I feel like I remember uh, this. So this was actually, uh, a friend brought this to my attention. It's kind of very big in terms of our, like, film school mm-hmm. ideals and such. Um, but in Tampopo, you will, like, there is a story. There, There is a narrative that is very, like, through and through. People have goals. They achieve those goals. Uh, it's about making noodles mm-hmm. in a ramen shop and a guy kind of helping do that. But, um someone will like cross the characters on the street and the camera will just follow them and leave the main characters behind and then there's another guy who's like I want to call him a narrator and he's the only one who like speaks directly to the camera but some scene will be playing out and the camera will pan and it will hit the narrator and just stop and then the people who we were learning about leave and then he talks about sausage for five minutes. And, mm. and then, cool. anyway, it's Japanese. It's super weird. It's super fun. And uh, it is kind of like, we'll I'll talk about spaghetti westerns in a little bit. But uh, it is just kind of like a super cool, like, weird approach to, like, following the thing that's going to be interesting. Yeah. And then when we catch up with people, like, they like, oh, we're going to do this and this is going to happen. And then when we catch up to them, it's like later. Like, they completed they that, and yeah. we're now on to the next thing, and maybe we don't know how they got there. There's also a really important scene where a man instructs you how to eat noodles, and it's incredibly sexual. Okay. <laughs> it's, 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 it's wild. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I, I would like to. <laughs> Gotta go watch it now. Macaroni in a pot. <laughs> Um, we have one minute until the break, so I will just very quickly speak to a couple. Um, Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird. Oh, yeah, for sure. Some of these boxes. I think that speaks to kind of like the slice of life thing mm-hmm. we were talking yeah. about. Um, Dazed and Confused, I think, is another one. Mm-hmm. And we should, we could actually talk about that app, Pray the Break. Okay. Because I feel like I've, I have more to say. Cool. More to say on. Um... Speaking of Linklater, Before Sunrise. Oh, yes, of course. I haven't seen this trilogy. Oh, I haven't seen all of them, but no, I, my heart can't take it. 
The yearning is to a man. I have enough of that as someone who loves someone who lives across the ocean. Oh, God. That's very it's before the sunrise of too, you. Yeah, isn't true. it? Though? The yearning. Oh, my God. I'm so You're Julie Telpe. <laughs> or you're Ethan Hawke. You, you, I give, mean, <laughs> you give me Ethan Hawke vibes. You're Ethan Rising, cool. Julie. <laughs> Gen- that, um, you guys are giving me gender euphoria right now. <laughs> I'm both. You're both people in this movie. Uh, and with that, <laughs> that, it's time for us to take a break, perform a vibe check, and hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more spoiler alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. Today, we are getting into the mind. Was that Welcome meta? back to spoiler alert. Meta, meta. <laughs> that broke my entire brain. <laughs> Sean's face while that was happening was the best. <laughs> A little peek behind the curtain for listeners. Welcome back to spoiler alert. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> me sweating. Too bad this is the most high stakes thing of anyone's it's life. It's one of the this highest stakes. This is it. This I is don't do. I do nothing else in my life. Live. It's all. I mean, it's Jeremy, all life is live. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, right. it's philosophical in here today. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get back to talking more no plot, just vibes in just a minute. But first, we're gonna play a little game, lovingly called the game. It's game time, people. <laughs> For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, uh, the game is where I spend, I think three minutes this week mm. looking for a title related to our topic that these two have hopefully not seen uh, I tell them the title they tell me what they think it's about I tell them what it's really about we all have a great time you guys ready to play the game? I'm ready uh-huh. uh, we've got a good one good one here uh, from friend of the show Gerald Saul <gasps> uh, a recommendation that just uh, well actually he handed me a DVD it, what feels like months ago <laughs> to watch and then I watched it and it would slide right in Right in for this little episode. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Different reactions. Okay. From the two of us. okay. Uh, this week's title is Big Man Japan. Whoa. That title again, Big Man Japan. Is there a comma or any sort of punctuation? Nope. nope. Okay. <laughs> okay, Big Man Japan. I think Big Man Japan, <laughs> which is really fun to say. Mm-hmm. Man Japan. Super, super fun to say. Is about a um, fast food chain called Big Man, um, opening a franchise in Japan for the first time. Mm-hmm. And a manager from the States is in Tokyo to, like, oversee the opening. And I think it's just, like, it's just him, like, wandering around the city, like, the day before the big launch, kind of questioning life and what he's doing. And I'm going to say he's played by... Um, John Lithgow. Okay. Wow. I don't know why. That's a good big man. Yeah, he's a big man. (laughs) He's a good big man. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and like, he, yeah, he probably like meets, has like fleeting encounters with people throughout the city that kind of like have an impact on him, but nothing really happens. And then it ends before the launch. Wow. Unexpectedly. Cool. Okay. I'm thinking that it is about. You know, it takes place in Japan as well. And it is about a man who he makes um, inflatable balloons uh, for, like, parades and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the company's name, Big Man, because the, one of their most popular balloons is a large inflatable man. Um, <laughs> Just a generic man? <laughs> yes. 
love it. And um, and so then he is also just like existing in a place that he doesn't really speak the language. It's giving a lot of translation now that I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's similar to Sonia, just. Uh, He's floating around. He's making connections, and nothing is ultimately sticking. He's just a little aimless, floating like a big man balloon. <laughs> in, and he is played by John Voight. <laughs> wow, I did by, not see that coming. By John Voight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you both. Another famous big man. So yeah. vibey, also. Another <laughs> vibey super, man. Super vibey. Uh, so thank you both for your recommendations uh, and thoughts about what big man Japan is. Uh, happy to say. Wrong in all ways, shapes, and forms. Uh, You're happy. Sean, for a moment, I thought you might have it. No. But you didn't go big enough. Bigger than big, a large bigger. It's man. It's not just a big man. So, it's a big, Biggest big man. man Japan. So, so the premise of this is pretty nuts. And then when you kind of, when you get it, 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 it does, it gets pretty funny. So the movie, it stars and it is directed by a gentleman by the name of Hatoshi Matsumoto. And uh, it tells the story of a man, it's a mockumentary, of a man who is kind of like hated by all of the people around him. They throw garbage at him and stuff and they kind of don't like him. And it's really garbage. They kind of don't like him. That's a pretty number one thing. (laughs) It's it's kind of, it's a a weird like middle, like they don't hate him, but like kids throw stuff at him. Anyway. Warm throwing of garbage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he works for the Defense Ministry of Japan and. Every once in a while, something happens, and he gets called to go to work, where he gets electrocuted at one of a bigger, uh, like, um, I was like a power station thing, and he grows to the height of a hundred feet tall and goes and fights kaiju monsters <gasps> to save Japan. <laughs> okay, that's fun. <laughs> it's super fun. Uh, it's three D animated. It looks super janky. It's from two thousand seven. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil this movie. So it's kind of like a, it's it's just this mockumentary crew following him, and like he doesn't get paid enough. There's no more monsters. People don't celebrate them anymore, right? Like it's just not the good old days. And he's kind of the only one left. Anyway, he tries to see his kid, like he claims every month, and then we meet his ex-wife, and she's like, it's more like once a year, Ooh. and like it's just all like he's just kind of sad. And uh, one day, he, sad man. he is fighting monsters, and one from Korea beats him up. And he has to run away ashamed. Oh, <laughs> and no. so he uh he's super sad and the whole movie like it's kind of a downer and it just follows his life and eventually he is fighting another monster so he's super big and he has this like giant club and he kinda wears like uh he's mostly naked. Uh anyway, <laughs> he's right. trying to fight this thing and it's getting the best of him. And I'm gonna spoil this movie right now, so if you don't want to hear it, please mute. But it hard cuts to like a Power Ranger style thing where he's regular sized in a suit and there's other super people and they just beat up the monster. And it is wild. It is so crazy. Uh, that's just it just kind of ends. There's no like super big resolution. Uh, but if you're in the mood, big jam, big man Japan is just a great time. Big jam, big jam, big jam, big jam, a man. <laughs> what if for the rest of the show we just said funny sounding words? It's avant garde. Some It's public radio, baby. It's uh, who's gonna have check? Welcome to the Sims episode. Susu. <laughs> that means hello. You guys, <laughs> does it? Does it? Do you know? That's uh, the only similar I know. Oh, there we go. You guys, thank you for playing the game. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Jared. Mm-hmm.
Um, okay, so let's get back to talking vibey plot. Plotless? Plot loose? Plot, plot, plot light? <laughs> plot light films? Kick um, off. Sean, you said you wanted to talk more about Days and Confused. I would like to talk a little bit more about Days and Confused because this is the one that I was kind of thinking about mm-hmm. when I pitched this idea. Just that it is not really a single protagonist. It doesn't really have a central conflict. It's really just like you're soaking in this 70s world and you're just kind of along for the ride and you just feel like you're a teen in the 70s. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> and... um. <laughs> Uh, he made that up or on that on the set of that. Wow. Uh, he was like just a random guy in town. And Matthew McConaughey made up that sound. And then he's like... <laughs> that sound. And yeah. it really hit. <laughs> and now it's like his thing. It's the first words he said on screen, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's his wow. First, his first what an so. interesting person. Yeah. Is that an, and a very interesting, intriguing entrance into being a star? Honestly, yeah, and it's very him. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, it's synonymous with his identity. But just the like kind of care that that carefree mm-hmm. way into film, <laughs> like that just, he's like just like literally, literally, it was thing. like they were filming in this small town, and he saw him sitting at the bar. And was like, you could be in it, but I don't know if you're good enough because you're you're actually like too handsome, really, for this role. And then he grew and then he was like, <laughs> let me let me still do it. And then he did. And he and he nailed it. To be yeah, honest. it's true. But uh, I was also thinking of in the same vein, like Fast Times at Richmond High. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Fast Times does have like more sort of short, real stories going on, and like some more conflict. I think. I think like- yeah. Then, but I do think like. It's interesting to think of those because they are both very vibey in very, very different ways. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I would think that, to me, I think that Richard Linklater is, like, kind of the the guy in terms of these sort of films. Mm-hmm. Like, he, yeah, the trilogy, the before trilogy, um, Boyhood, yeah. which I actually haven't seen, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've I've been reading a bit about it, <laughs> and that is kind of the thing. Is it's just like you're just watching a child fully develop in front of your eyes. Like he's asking about where zebras come from, and then all of a sudden he's asking to borrow the car or whatever, mm-hmm. which is trippy. It's true, but yeah, he is a real a um, a stalwart in this genre. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm imagining. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um. So I'm curious, what did you guys watch this week on our theme? Um, I watched, I think I've talked about this movie before. Uh, it really did pour poorly, and it has like low did scores. Poor. But I like it a lot. Uh, anyway, it's 2004's Eulogy. Do you guys remember me talking about this? No. Maybe. So um, it's, it stars Zoe Deschanel, Hank Azaria, Fonka Jensen, Kelly Preston, Ray Romano, Deborah Winger. What? It's wild. Rip Torn uh, plays their dad. And they're, like, spouses and stuff. Anyway, um, he has passed away, and they have come home, and someone has to do the eulogy, and no one wants to do it. And there have been a few films made like this. Uh, There are some moments in this that are so funny. Like, I just absolutely lose my mind. And uh, the character of Riptorn has four kids, and it all sort of culminates in this thing where they have to watch the video of his will. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to spoil the movie, so again, just in case. Uh, that's kind of what we do. I think here, I've seen but... a clip of, because I, I have seen Rip Torn say his own, Dude, like, say his own will. Yeah. yeah, Maybe it's just a thing he does. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he always, like, talks about, oh, well, well, there were three of you. And Ray Romano's always kind of, like, put off by that because he's the youngest. And he's like, Dad never remembered me. And he's, like, this traveling salesman. But the whole thing is revealed that he was such a, a bad father because when he says there were three of you, he meant he had three families. And he wasn't a traveling salesman. He would just travel between his families and, like, hang out for a bit and then, like, every two weeks switch. And so it's just them, like, de- dealing with the fact that, like, their father was this really big jerk and, like, they loved him. But also, like, you know, like, anyway, so it's sort of like it's almost like a coming of age thing. And then at the end, they he wanted a Viking funeral, so it's just oh this kid God. with a flaming bow missing shot oh after shot, <laughs> and it's so good. Anyway, well, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that so, is. It's so crazy, but um, I I think it's so fun, and it's also just kind of like a family movie that like my mom and brother and I share. And every time I watch it, there's, like, a thing I didn't notice. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, look, he's sleeping in the basement on some crappy cot. And, like, all of his sister's boxes are stacked so high around him with all of her name on them. And he has nothing. Mm. Like, it's just again and again. Anyway, it's pretty good. Sounds pretty neat. good. Oh, my God. It's got Tenenbaum vibes. Ooh. Yeah, it does sound very Tenenbaum-y. Mm-hmm. Tenenbaum-esque. Hank Azaria, eh? Yeah. <laughs> he does good. He does good. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like our man. <laughs> Who among us? Who among uh, us? Who Sean? amongst us? Well, why don't I talk about a film I always talk about, which is Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. Um, because this one, this one is vibes. This yeah. one is just sun-drenched, uh, awakening, yearning, uh, fresh fruit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> fresh fruit, light streaming in. It is uh it is just like and there is there's not a lot of, that happens really it's just like a very slow coming of age sort of situation but it the, makes you just it, you really get into the world so the yearn- so deep the yearning the yeah. yearning the mm-hmm. desire my god <laughs> <laughs> the age gap is it is it like top 5 of your favorite movies yeah i yeah, would say i think so probably at least top 10 oh interesting okay yeah wow Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andre Asiman has written a sequel to it. <gasps> Whoa. And Timmy is apparently on board, but... Dang. Well, who knows what's uh, up the with The hammer that. question. The hammer, what's, and there lies the hammer. Is there a hammer question? Um, he's an alleged Cause, cannibal? Because oh, Arm, right, right, right. <laughs> Army is <laughs> I, Army's out. I think, we I, live I think in we, a, we talked about this once. <laughs> we live in truly absurd times where mm-hmm. the, the line between reality and satire is... So blurry mm-hmm. that he knows think, what's real, but but it would take place when they're like when they're adults, like wow. twenty years après. So that so would actually could, be so wild. it could be different actors. Yeah. Wow, yeah, ah, but uh, but also I'm like maybe don't because maybe it would be cool. It would be cool. They, maybe yeah. if Luca did it, but uh, it, they could mess it up. Also, that's true. Like that's the thing. A sequel. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. It is tricky. You can be done right. Like, I think, I don't know. Shrek 2. <laughs> True. <laughs> I was going to say the second Blade Runner. What's Shrek 2? Shrek 2. Oh. <laughs> Shrek 2. Oh. <laughs> Shrek 2. Oh. 
trick. Yeah. <laughs> you either have to do this. It, it seems like you either have to do the sequel, like, in the two-year period after or 25 years later after you've worked on it for that length of time. Yeah. <laughs> figuring out all the things. And I do think that if people come back, it does make it a bit better. I have Harrison Ford in my mind. I don't know if that's mm, true. Tricky. I'm not sure. Did you see the new? No. It's not bad. I know. That's it's what. But the other one was Blade so Runner. Bad. <laughs> no, I mean Blade. No. <laughs> what do I mean? Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Blade, it's Blade Runner, right? Blade Runner, yes. We're talking. He's talking about I Indiana was talking Jones. About Indiana oh, okay, okay. Yeah, with the de aging and the a bit of. Stuff. But he didn't. De- they didn't de age him like the whole movie. They just de-aged him in the first, the opening right. sequence. But it's still like just. But maybe, it was a little, yeah, yeah, yeah it was a little, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Especially because since his co-star, I forget his name, he is the exact same age in both at both points. <laughs> <laughs> he looks the exact same. <laughs> they didn't de-age him. No, not really. Oh my god! Okay, that's a horrible choice to make. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Wow. Um. Well, I watched a really interesting one this week. From 1981, um, by French director Louis Malle, uh, called My Dinner with Andre, mm-hmm. which stars and almost exclusively features uh, Wallace Shawn and Andre G- Gregory as, like, themselves but not themselves, like characters of themselves. Um, basically, they both uh, work or ha- worked in the New York theater world. And it opens with Wallace Shawn, like, talking about how he's going to have dinner with this old friend of his, Andre, who he hasn't seen in several years and has been avoiding because he's, like, disappeared from the New York theater scene and has been traveling the world. And there are all these rumors about, like, all this erratic behavior that he's been exhibiting. And almost the entire film is just them sitting in this restaurant talking. Um, It's so... It's so good, though. Like, I really didn't know what to expect. And basically, as soon as they sit down, Andre, like, launches into these, like, wild stories of these adventures he's had, like, going to Poland and uh, some other, like, theater director there assembling this group of, like, young Polish people who don't speak English. And they, like, go out into the woods and have these, like, ecstatic experiences and... You go on this journey where you're like, what is this? And then they both are just such compelling storytellers that it just draws you in so quickly. Mm-hmm. And you like kind of can't help but get drawn into this conversation. And it's very like philosophical. And Andre's whole thing is kind of like, what are we doing? What is this weirdo inauthentic society of ours where we never talk about anything real and you have a conversation with someone and you can kind of see the point where even if they're interested in what you're saying like the light in their eyes dims and you can tell they're like gone from that conversation and I didn't expect it to hit as hard as it did with some of that stuff like just some of those big existential questions you know like that feel especially relevant when Sorry to bring it up again, but, like, we're in the middle of multiple genocides right now. Um, And the feeling of, like, you know, just going to work, going to school, going about your day, going to the movies. There's something so profoundly absurd about that. 
and it and like that really resonated with me just that weirdness of how we we don't say things that are mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. um but yeah they get they get into kind of this back and forth where like like the performances are so good and um the way they devise this film is really interesting basically like over the course of a year the two of them just sat down and like kind of had these conversations and just wrote down everything the other said and that's like how they devised the script um but it's interesting how it's like them but not them like Wallace mm-hmm. Shawn has said like actually in terms of kind of the like argument that they're having cuz like Wallace in the film is he gets kind of drawn in initially to what Andre's saying but then has this kind of crisis where he's like no actually I don't agree with that at all like I'm very happy with my kind of bourgeois comforts like mm-hmm. um you know all I need is uh my biography of Charlton Heston and like my morning paper um and so while I saw an interview with Wallace Shawn where he was like actually I would be more on like Andre's mm-hmm. side of the the conversation and so they've said that, like, they both think it would be kind of neat to, like, redo it flipped. F- oh, that would be cool. Playing actually. the different roles. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they also, like, I saw this quite some time ago, and I always remember it because they do mirror stuff, right? That's Yeah. This, yeah. And it's kind of interesting because it, it could be really boring, but they do things to, like, break up the space and make it interesting. But I, the thing that's always stuck with me is that, like, it does give you that feeling of, like, being one table over and just trying yeah. to like, listen. Can you imagine what these guys are talking about? Yeah, yeah, you know, like you just like get this opportunity to like just like keep ordering another thing and like slowly eat it so that you can yeah. like kind of be privy to this whole thing. But um, I may, well, I don't, now I'm worried that I'll have an existential crisis. Well, well I, don't, I don't think it's like a crisis. Honestly, for me, it felt quite cathartic mm. to just like hear someone else say it, you mm. know, and just be like, yeah. I mean, well, I'm not going to say it won't give you an existential crisis, but also I'm like, maybe now is a moment for us all to have maybe a little bit of one. that's a good thing to do. And mm-hmm. it's a moment of reckoning, and we should do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, it's interesting, because like you were saying, Jerry, like, it, it would be so easy for it to get boring. Like, visually, there's really not a lot happening. Right. It's pretty much like two shots and then close-ups. But I didn't notice that at yeah. all. And like, I get bored easily. Yeah, it sounds like it's like watching, like, an interview for, like, two hours yeah kind of where you have truly no clue what will come out <laughs> of the person's mouth next right. like especially at the beginning as andre is telling these stories you're just like what but it's so <laughs> it's so cool that's fine nice. yeah i really really liked it um anything else I, that we watched this week i do want to mention a thing uh this has been well i've been watching a lot of uh japanese movies and westerns cool. uh, unrelated to this but i feel like it should be brought up um but uh it is there is like a vibe that exists especially in like a lot of spaghetti westerns and i do think it's interesting because so the 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 tldr on, on it is that people in japan made movies people in italy watched those movies and then that is sort of like a romanticized version of the old west uh sort of epitomized in a fistful of dollars with clint eastwood and like they're vibey like oh, yeah. they are, and I think in Once Upon a Time in the West, there's these like cowboys waiting for a train, and I think it's 20 minutes where they wow. wait, and eventually there is like a little shootout, but it is just like this like tension building mm. this whole time, Ooh. and I was kind of just thinking of it in terms of like these sort of like short films, 
Mm-hmm. And I do think, like, I did talk about Big Man Japan, and I think that there is reference there that's sort of, like, being brought up. But I, I do think it's interesting the way that those types of films kind of, like, just really, like, probably honestly take too long to, like, build up to those moments. Mm. But they are just, like, trying to pr- portray that vibe, right? Like, it is just, like, how long can we how long can we make this go? And if later you guys should watch the opening to um, Once Upon a Time in the West, because it is just, like, almost excruciatingly long. And wow. I think that's the point, right? Like, it's just trying, and then eventually the bounty hunter gets there and, like, this crazy thing happens. But, like, it just takes, takes forever. forever. And they're just in the desert waiting. <laughs> so, wow. But it's good. It's vibes. Vibes? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I was just looking at you to be like, Sean, you got anything we else? Both but okay definitely just looked at Sean. <laughs> <laughs> like, and silently also, which go. is good for the radio. Um, yep. I don't. Ha- I didn't really watch much else this week. I feel like we could also talk about Lost in Translation. Yeah, yeah. that list. is like one of uh, that is you know very few few plot points, but it's just mostly about. Feelings, impressions, mm-hmm. experiences of the characters. Um, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. I also think, like, The Wrestler is one where we kind of, you know, we're just sort of experiencing this the man's wrestler. life. Yeah. Oh, God. With Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Don't you know, like The Wrestler? That's um, just, uh, yeah, it's uh, a bummer. We did, <laughs> it, <laughs> is a, it is a bummer. We did mention Clerks uh, a bit oh, earlier yeah. on. And then uh, Burn After Reading. Oh, it's a Coen Brothers thing, yeah. and that's one where more like a ton of stuff happens, but we get back to a status quo, and nothing has changed. But people, yeah. die. people die. <laughs> you know, like it's crazy. Yeah. But um, it is just sort of like the chaotic vibe, <laughs> I guess. So, yeah. I was another one I was thinking about. I was like, I think Marcel the show with shoes on. I do too. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. This. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, when I saw the trailer for it, I thought for sure it would be more of a like adventure. I'm on an adventure, yeah. Yeah, where Marcel is like looking for his grandma, um, their grandma. I think he is his. Um, is Marcel not my? I don't know. It feels weird to gender him, <laughs> but I think he uses he him. Um, wow, Michelle's pronouns. Uh, but that, yeah, a that's lot the of title it's just, of my book. <laughs> just him, him in his house, uh, <laughs> reckoning with stuff. Which yeah. Anyway. Um, should we do a lightning round? What you watching? Yeah, we can. We could do a lightning round. Yep. I'm like, what have I even watched? Uh, you I uh, was very sick with an illness called COVID, and, and I took a lot of medications. Yes, uh, I was able to finish Ted Lasso, <gasps> oh. which was a good choice because it's uh, full. Dis- I I was very af- affected by things I was taking. Mm-hmm. I cried multiple times. I oh mean, I it's, like, it's crazy. Like it is just like, and uh, also like Ted is Ted does a thing which I could never do, which is like leave my kid behind, and like that's just not a thing I could ever handle. And uh, him dealing with that was a lot. Yeah. And I think now if I watched it, I'd probably be fine. Like if I watched it for the first time, but, but in my weakened state, there oh. was no way I could handle it. I, f- I don't know why I find that kind of sweet. Oh, my God. It was wild. Just because you never cry. But, I mean, I I always cry, but I uh-huh. cried so much in that Oh, man, season. it's wild. And, like, it is kind of cool to have, like, something that is just, like, about someone being positive and the effects yeah. that that can have on. And it does, like, make you think of things of, like, 
oh man, you know, this person was mad at work today and like is something horrible happening to them right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like outside of your own little bubble is something going on. Uh, and that's kind of like, that's a whole lesson from the show. So. Yeah, and I honestly think that's so important. And I think we need more media that like intentionally cultivates optimism. Or just that explores anything. Yeah. Real, honestly, like, you know, like, I think uh, this is, well, this is a, a little off, but like, what was that Anthony Hopkins movie? Oh, the father. Yeah, right. Like that's just How something. How did I know that's what you mean? I don't. I we've talked a lot. <laughs> you guys about are on a wavelength today. But it's just a whole thing of like that's not really explored, mm. and it was it was in such an engaging way, yeah, and like incredibly effective, and you know it's just like showing like what we can do with this art stuff. Yeah. So let's maybe kick it out. Let's do it. It's the time. It's, like let's go. If not now, when is does art matter? <laughs> but specifically optimism. Like true. I've yes. been thinking a lot about how like. It's something you cultivate, and we need it. But that is all the time we have for this week. So all the thanks to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, to my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, everyone at CJTR, and to you, our beloved listeners, for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Fridays at 3, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. My Electric is coming up next. Bye. Bye. Take care.